prayer meeting because uh, we're going to stop every little bit and just say a prayer together. Uh, you know what? That's one thing that, that Satan does not want you to do. There are certain things that Satan hates. He hates holiness because he knows the scriptures say without holiness, none of us will see the Lord. So he doesn't want any of us to be holy. He hates the blood of Jesus. That's why it's not preached like it used to be. He hates the doctrine of hell because he knows where he's going and he doesn't want people to repent. He hates the word repent. He hates the word prayer because he knows when the saints pray, pray he's in trouble. In fact, it's when Daniel prayed in the, in the book of Daniel that we, he was on his face seeking the Lord and an angel appeared and said, I've been trying to, it took me 21 days to get here, but your prayer was heard. And an angel was dispatched, and there was a war in the heavenlies. And there's a lot of mystery that surrounds what exactly goes on in the heavenlies when we pray, but things happen. But things don't happen when we don't pray. And he hates the word prayer. And your flesh hates the word prayer. Because when prayer comes up, uh, the godly should run to it like a moth to a flame. Because prayer is how we communicate to God. It's, it's about talking to our creator. What would we what could we ask for more than, besides our salvation, than being able to have a relationship with our Father and communicate with Him? A lot of blood was spell, spilled. The most precious blood of all, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, so we could be forgiven, but also so we can enter into the holy place, so we could have a relationship with the Father. Jesus poured His blood out so you could pray effectively, so you could come into God's presence and I think when you think of it that way, you should, I mean, just, you know how many people right now would like to speak to the president if they could? Millions and millions of people. Some to give him an earful, you know. Uh, some to say, hey, good job. Thanks for shutting the, all the people coming down from China that would continue to spread this thing while other countries weren't. People would, they'd love to talk to the president. How much more? But they, they can't. But how much more should you have a desire not to talk to the president of one of hundreds of countries on the planet, but to talk to the creator of the universe. And you can. And he actually asks you to come into his presence. Amen. Wow, what a wild invitation that we can actually go into the presence of God and petition him and that he cares to hear from us because we are his children. So when you hear the word prayer, it's sad that sometimes it's the prayer meetings that the fewest people come to. And that, that shows me that the enemy hates prayer. And you know what? Our flesh hates prayer. Talking about our fallen sinful nature. When Jesus asked his disciples to pray with him, remember what he said to them when they were falling asleep. Right? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen? So we need to ask the Lord to help us to be more attentive and to communicate him with prayer. You can't be saved without praying. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not until you come to the Lord in faith, and that means you turn to him in dependence upon him. And that means when you look to him in faith, there's a heart cry of trust to him. That's a form of a prayer, whether you're uttering it with your, 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 by moving your mouth, or you're just crying on your heart, Lord, save me. It's, our relationship with God starts with a prayer. And Satan hates prayer because the Bible says the effective Fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It's very, very effective. And James states that. He talks about how, you know, Elijah prayed. And he was a man, he says, just like us. He was a man that was made of flesh and blood. He was a man with a fallen nature, a nature like ours, he says. He's trying to emphasize to you that even though we fall short of God's glory and we're far from perfect, 
If we earnestly, from our hearts, cry out to God in prayer, he hears us. And when you cry out to him, you're, by the way, you're declared righteous. You've been justified by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You are, if you're trusting Jesus, you have been justified. That's mean you've been declared righteous. And you have a righteous standing before God because of Christ's death on your behalf. So the prayer of a righteous man, you're righteous in Christ, availeth much. And if you're trusting him and following him and walking in righteousness and a sincere believer, you're, you, and you cry out to the Lord, you have very, very powerful prayers. And the enemy knows that, so he wants to keep you from prayer. So we need to all be, as believers, especially at this time in history, we need to be all about prayer. I mean, right now, we're in a time, and it's so strange to me, because I was just saying to the Lord, and that's not why this happened, you know, the Lord knew what was going to happen here, but I was just saying to the Lord, I say this once in a while, so it's not like a shocking thing to me, but I was just saying, Lord, I can't wait, you know, when the two witnesses come, and they're declaring, they're, they're preaching in Revelation chapter 11, and no one can shut them up, and they preach for 11 or three and a half years before the Antichrist finally puts them to death. And the whole world has to hear the truth. Because you have all these outlets. You have all this news. You have all this, these lies. You know, MSNBC and, and CNN. And I, I mean, I, I can't even get my brain around how many lies just constantly get put out. How many distortions are put out by so many people in the media. And I'm like, Lord, so many people are blinded to the truth. And... I wish people could just hear who you are. And, I, and that's why when I read through Revelation and I get to the two witnesses, I'm like, praise God, man. No one can shut them up. Oh, you can kill us Christians off. You can't kill them until God gives you permission. And same with us, but these guys do for three and a half years preach. And you know what it also says? It talks about a, three different angels flying in the mid heavens. One of them preaching the everlasting gospel, saying, fear, the, fear him who created you and so forth. Another saying, uh, don't take the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, the number of the, the beast on your right hand or on your forehead. Another uh, saying, Babylon has fallen. And those angels will not be able to be stopped. So I praise God the truth will be out there. So sometimes I say to the Lord, Lord, I pray that you bring the world to a state where they have to listen to you. And, I, and not long before this whole thing went down, it was just, I was praying, Lord, you know, and that's not why this thing went down. God already knew it was coming down. But I pray that every once in a while. And then it wasn't until a couple weeks after this was going on, I was hiking, and I was like, Lord, wow, you have a lot of the world in a position right now to where they can be still, if they will, and know that you are God. That they could see that there's a creator. Because a lot of people are racing to the lake of fire, they don't pay attention to the call of God that cries from his creation, that cries to them from their conscience, that cries to the light of Christ who lays the heart of everyone who comes to the world, that cries through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, John chapter 16, as he convicts the world of sin, that on, on, and on, and on, they tune him out because they race and they get this, get that, listen to this music, watch this movie, you know, get this done, go out with this person, smoke this joint, do this meth, get drunk this day, you know, or whatever else, they're doing all these different things. And you know what? They're racing and racing, boom, they're gone forever. Now everybody's been forced to just stop for a minute for about a month now. And I've seen some of the statistics that, you know, I, I wish I had them before me but I think it was like 11 or so percent of non-believers are opening their Bibles for the first time. Wow. Praise God. 
that percentage wasn't much different, and I'm not sure that's the exact percent, but right around there, of Christians were opening their Bibles again. That sh- it should be way up there. It should say 100% of Christians are opening their Bibles. Amen? But God will allow the things that, the consequences that we bring on ourselves because of our sin and rebellion to wake us up. It says that he'll use the sins of the backslider to check him, you know? And it's interesting because right now we need to be praying for the lost. You know, my wife was sharing with me. She shared this with me two or three times, gave me some examples recently of different people that are hearing the word that would not be hearing the word, you know, if uh, this wasn't going on. All kinds of people. And, And she's right. I mean, our listenership on our podcast is way up, you know, uh, you know, it's up there. <laughs> a lot of people are listening that haven't tuned in before. And a lot of those that have tuned in are tuning in more. Because people are saying, hey, I want to know what God's, God's will is. And we need to pray for discernment right now. Because there's a lot of crazy things going on. Because I do believe, and I'll probably study on, on, on I'm going to have a couple studies that of things I'm like, man, people aren't talking about this. And I've, it's been on my heart to talk about. And one is just the, just contagions, just, just infections and what the Bible says about staying away from, from certain things. And this whole thing could have been avoided if we would have had used the wisdom from God's word, which is kind of interesting. If it's come about through bats, as they claim, in Wusan, although they say there wasn't a bat, you know, place right there where you were buying bat meat, wild bat meat right there, but they were saying because cables came forth from the State Department not too long ago that had just been uncovered that were reported by the Wall Street, or I'm sorry, the uh, Washington Post, uh, to be stating that in Wuhan, where they have a place where they, where they make bioweapons out of germs, that they were experimenting with bats. So now, more, a lot of people believe it came from that, but now the cables that came out are like, whoa, what if that's how it happened, you know? And we can't know exactly, I'm not saying this is exactly how it happened, but I do know this. In God's word, <laughs> under the Jewish law, you weren't supposed to eat bats, you weren't even supposed to touch them. Isn't that interesting? Now, all things are declared clean under the new covenant. And Jesus said, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man. And Paul said, it's all clean through prayer, right? Not through communist atheism, like the Chinese government, okay? It's kind of interesting. And that's going to dovetail into some of the things I'm going to say to you in a little bit. And I also want to talk about, not in this message, but I want to talk about the technology. Because they're talking about mass surveillance, Right? They're talking about giving you, you know, a, a digital confirmation that you can go around and you can go to stores and buy and sell. Isn't that interesting? No, that's not the mark of the beast yet. There'll be an angel in the mid-heavens. It'll be uh, something you have to take on your right hand or your forehead. But it's just interesting. I was telling my wife just recently, I said, you know, I've, I never realized that very well. When people are going to take a, a number to buy or sell, I never realized that it could be attached to human safety regarding those who are permitted to because of health reasons. And isn't that plausible now? It was already plausible. It's already going to happen. The scriptures say it is. But it could be tied into that whole thing. And right now, it's just interesting because there are very, very liberal people who are into big, giant government who want to grease the skids for the big brother ruling your life. And the Bible says that when the Antichrist takes his seat in the temple, he's going to have a system that's ready for him to cause people to take a number on the right hand or forehead to buy or sell, and that the vast amount of the world is going to accept that. So there's things we have to be concerned about. 
But you know what you need to be doing? You need to be praying. I just want to encourage you, make sure you're a person of prayer. It's not hard to pray. All you do is open your mouth and talk to the Lord. Some of you are very, very good at talking to everybody else. Okay? I'm saying that because I'm a talker too. Okay, I can relate. I love to share and I love to listen. But you know what? Just talk to your maker. Talk to your God. Amen? Oh, but my jaw starts to hurt. Yeah, right. When do you use that excuse? When you're talking to other people? No, Joe, you don't realize I have a condition. Well, you might. You don't even have to open your mouth then. You can just speak in your heart. He sees our hearts, amen? Talk to him. And I want to encourage you to talk to him all the time because the scriptures tell us that we're supposed to be continually seeking the Lord in prayer. And I used to look at those years and years ago, pray without ceasing, pray without, pray without ceasing. I just think, well, that's an objective that we're supposed to have, but it's impossible to actually pray without ceasing because we've got to sleep you know, and so forth. And then I saw in the book of Acts, when I was a young Christian, where it says they prayed without ceasing. I'm like, oh, you can do it. Yeah, still you're going to sleep, but the idea is to have an attitude where you're a person of prayer and that you never just stop your prayer life. You just always remain a person of prayer. Doesn't mean you're not sleeping. Doesn't mean you don't carry on a conversation. But you can even carry on a conversation, and I do this all the time. I, read in, I, I see this in Nehemiah when he's talking to the king, Artaxerxes, and Artaxerxes is you know, questioning him. And he says, Lord, you know, give me, put, put it on his heart. He, he puts his, throws his prayer up while he's communicating. We need to always be people of prayer. While you're driving, cry out to the Lord, you know. Don't lift your hands too high. I mean, I've done, my wife's like, drive, you know. Sometimes I'll stick my hands up and just put my, you know, drive with my, uh, my knee. I don't do that as much anymore, baby, so. But uh, we need to be just constantly seeking the Lord and people of prayer. You know what? And let's have a prayer meeting. I just thought that's just, I thought I'm just going to title it that because it's so hard. It, it sounds like almost a ridiculous name for a message when we have, we're only allowed to have seven people here, you know? And I count one, two, three, four, five. Tom's upstairs, so I think we have six today. Uh, but you know what? I see Paul asking others to pray for him, that he would have boldness in a letter that they won't get for weeks or maybe months. But so if, so we can have a prayer meeting, you know, we can, and I want to encourage you, make use of the time that you do have and the ability that you do have to be in communion with the Lord, number one, you and him first and foremost, and then with other people that you can pray with, that you can encourage, you know, that's, uh, one of the brothers had shared with me that, you know, I think it was, uh, I don't know about last Sunday, I think we got a a ton of people too last Sunday, but I think it was a Sunday before there were over 500 comments. And some of those comments are prayer requests, you know, and people saying, I'm praying for you on, our, on a, one of our messages, you know. That's great. It shows people are excited about the truth. They love the Lord, but also shows me, and I love that, that our live stream audience, and most of our live stream audience is soaking up the word and praise God. But if you're out, actually at your computer, you can encourage other people in the word, you know. That's a beautiful thing to do. But wherever you're at, whoever you are, don't just hold the, the truth and God's grace in. Share it with others, amen? In Acts chapter 1, verse 14, it says they all joined together. This is after Jesus commissioned them to go into all the world to preach the gospel to all nations, amen? Making disciples of, of the nations, right? People from among the nations. And in Acts 1, 14, just before uh, they went out, Jesus said to tarry in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you in power and you shall be my witnesses, 
both in Jerusalem and Judea and the uttermost parts of the earth. And Acts 1.14, it says, they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And then in Acts 2, guess what? They were all filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, you know? And then Peter broke forth in this powerful witness, and uh, people got saved from his message. And we read Acts 2 of the church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, so we stay in the Word. We stay in the Word. We don't move. This is God's Word. We keep it deep in our hearts so we're not led astray. They, 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 they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, koinonia, having all things in common in Christ. Truly having things in common. We share our love with one another. We share his word with one another. We share the, the ways God has blessed us with others. We share food with others who are hurting, you know. In fact, the Bible says if you, don't, if you close your heart up to the poor, God won't hear your prayer. That's even connected to, to, to prayer. And it says they continued in the breaking of bread and in prayer. They continued in prayer. They devoted some to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Brothers and sisters, we need to continue to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Just keep it up, man. And you know what? You know one of the best ways to help your prayer life? I mean, you know what? When I say how many of you want to grow in this, or how many, whenever I say how many of you want to grow in your prayer life, every hand goes up. Because I think that's a prayer that we all have. Amen? I had another pastor, uh, right, I had two pastors contact me in the last week and from outside of California. One pastor said one of his things was, you know, wanted, praying for him to pray more. And when I contacted him, I said, hey, everything you asked me to pray for you, I prayed for myself too. Because that's, I wanted, I wanted everything he was, it was such a beautiful, what he was requesting prayer for. I was like, amen, amen, and amen, and amen. Another pastor heard the resurrection message and he sent a text to me and said he was so happy to hear the resurrection message because he said he got saved. And I know it sounds strange because he's a pastor, but he's actually a hunting partner of mine, a friend of mine, pastors a church in Colorado, and that's his sense of humor. He already, already knows Jesus. But you know what? We can encourage one another. We can pray with one another. We can pray without ceasing. And one of the best ways to help your prayer life because if I say, how many of you would like to grow in your prayer life? I think every honest person will put their hand up, okay? My prayer life, by the grace of God, has been way better than it's been. In the last few years, it's been better than it's ever been in my life, I think, you know? And it's just because the Lord just wakes me up. I just pray throughout the night and uh, throughout the day off and on. But I always feel still, I'm very glass half full type of person if you know me. But it comes to my own walk with God. I always, I'm a half empty guy. I need to grow. And I think that's a good thing because we need to see our deficiencies and none of us are anywhere close to where we need to be. None of us are walking on water. None of us are perfect yet. Amen. So we should always see that we have a need to grow closer to the Lord, but at the same time, thank him for his grace and for putting our names in his, in the book of life. Amen. So we want to pray without ceasing. Luke 18, one says, and he spoke a parable unto them to this end that men should always pray and not faint. I love that. That men ought to always pray and not faint. And then he talked about the widow who kept coming to the judge. And he wouldn't listen at first. Then he listened because even though he didn't fear man, he didn't regard her, you know, he still answered her, her, her request. And Jesus' point there is how much more your, your heavenly father hear you. 
and avenge his elect. Romans 12, 12, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. You know, there's a lot to pray about with COVID-19 going down. You know, there's a lot of people that are full of depression right now. They're, because a lot of their gods got stripped away, you know. Sports for some people, you know, going out partying with their friends for other people, uh, going to concerts and clubbing and all kinds of things that people were used to doing have just whew, gone. And for those who have a relationship with the Lord and are in the Word and seeking Him, hopefully not a lot has changed for you. Even though a lot has changed as far as work and things of that nature, but if your foundation is on the rock and this COVID storm comes and your, your house is, like Jesus said, built on the rock, built on His Word, then you'll stand. So if you're shaken up right now, and you're like falling or whatever, then you have to ask the question, are you built on the rock? And if you're finding out that, man, I'm sinking, I've been built on sand, start building on the rock. If you have breath in your lungs, you can still cry out to God and say, God, establish me. You know, one of the best ways, as I've been pointing, trying to point out, one of the best ways to help your prayer life is to pray about your prayer life. The irony, amen? That's one of my constant prayers. Lord, help me to pray more. Help me to pray more earnestly. Help me to pray without ceasing. Help me to, uh, to pray in a way that's humbled before your throne and who you are, that in a way that gives you glory and honor, that recognizes you, you for who you are. And help me not to grow weary in my prayers and tired because we're flesh. And you don't have to pray on and on and on, but you can just say, Lord, please. I mean, you don't have to pray that specific prayer on and on, but cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, help me in my prayer life. Because when we pray according to his will, he hears us, it says in 1 John. Is it his will that we pray all the time? Yes. So I pray that. And I want to encourage you, say that prayer to the Lord. And say it, and continue to say it. And then as your prayer life grows, you'll be so thankful. Amen. And we have all kinds of people, as I mentioned right now, they're filled with hopelessness, they're filled with despair. Even genuine believers whose houses are built on the rock, they could also, you can also get, have bouts of depression. You can have, un, you know, look at what Job went through. He was walking with God. He was the most blameless guy on earth, and he went through some pretty radical oppression, okay, from the enemy, which turned to depression. He was in full of tears. He wanted to die, okay? So you could be, it could be a signal if you've been just knocked turvy, you know, just wobbling like you feel like you're going down, that you've been built on the sand. However, you could also be built on the rock, and it could just be one of those trials, you know, where you just need to dig your feet into the rock, in the Lord Jesus Christ. But we need to be praying for millions of people who are depressed right now, who are suffering with high degrees of anxiety, and who, you know, don't know what's going to happen in the future, and they're freaking out, that they would come to know Jesus. So we're going to get right back into this message, but just take 35, 50 seconds with me, and let's pray for the, those throughout the earth who are depressed right now, filled with anxiety, some even suicidal, knowing that our prayers are heard by God, that God would speak to their hearts. Father God, we come into your presence in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, your Son who shed his blood so we could have the opportunity to come into your presence. We pray, Father, in your Son's name that you would, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Father, that you would speak to those who are hurting, that you would speak to those who are sad, that you speak to those who are lonely, that you speak to those who are depressed, that you speak to those who are being tempted to end their lives, Father, that you speak to those who are turning to evil instead of the light, that you would shake them up in a loving way, that you'd wake them up and let them see you, Lord. 
Let them know you love them. Let them know there is an answer and that you are the answer. You are the, their maker. They were created to know you. May they understand your grace. May you bring the gospel to them, Father. May you bring your word to them, Father. May you bring us to them in some way, Father, as hard as it is to go and witness right now. Help us to be lights, whether it's through social media or in whatever way, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, reach them and bring them to yourself. Amen. Now, we need to pray always in light of the times that we're in. When Jesus talked about the end times, he said in Luke 21, 36, Watch, therefore, and pray always, that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things, and that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. The word escape there, that, that verb is used of being in something and then being brought out of it, not, not going into something. Okay, we're in something. We want to be brought out of it, amen, successfully. And this specific verb deals with its context with the tribulation period of coming out of it safely, spiritually intact, so you, aren't, you don't fall away. That's the context there of Luke chapter 21. Jesus wants us to pray he says, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. So you're supposed to ask. Seek. And he says, knock, and the door shall be opened to you. And I like to bring out the point because I think it's so instructive. In the Greek, I've looked up the word ask. I've looked up the word seek. I've looked up the word knock, and they're all in the present tense. They all mean to, means to continue to ask and continue to seek, continue to knock. Not just, okay, I, I prayed, but nothing happened. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I was going through some stuff, and I asked God, and, and nothing happened. No, Jesus says, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. And it's interesting. I looked at various translations today of that verse, and I thought it was interesting that the New Living Translation, which I don't always, sometimes it's great, sometimes, mm, but this translation, compared to all the other translations for the most part, actually brings out the tenses in the translation. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. So it's important that we are seeking him and we continue to ask, we continue to seek, we continue to knock. Wouldn't you love at the end of your life, whenever that is, to know that not long before you died, whenever it is, and sometimes it can be very sudden, is that you were seeking the Lord in prayer? Is that you were trusting the blood of Christ? That you were walking in faith and communing with your God? Instead of, shut off from God and not relating to him at all? Now, we have to make sure our hearts are right with God when we pray. In James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3, it says, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. Wow. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. So there's all kinds of people fighting for what they want to get, killing and, and hurting each other and arguing and debating and hating one another because it's all about their flesh and feeding their flesh. That's why nations fight. They don't seek God and bow before him and trust him. But you know what? That's not how it ought to be as, as a, for believers. Verse 3 goes on to say in James 4, when you ask, do, uh, he says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So there's a lot of people and it's, there's all kinds of people that are living for themselves that don't want to live for God, don't want to glorify God. Okay, and they're in all kinds of situations. There's, and they pray still. They'll still say a prayer here and there. And they wonder why their prayers not be answered, but because they're, they're walking in rebellion so often to God. And it's important that we understand 
that we have to have right motives. And it's important that you and I, there's people right now, and this is one of the most heartbreaking things. I told my wife right when this was going down, I go, I think we we're a week into it, I go, you know what? There's a lot of people being abused right now. And uh, statistics hadn't come out yet, but I just thought, wow, think of all the different people, you know, that are having to live together that don't have good relationships with each other. And sometimes good things will happen because they'll humble themselves and maybe seek God and, and good things will happen. But I thought, what about all these wicked men that are into pornography and, and filling their eyes with junk and then they aren't able to get out of the house? And my heart broke for the relationships between men and wives. Sexual abuse that could be happening with kids and that's up as well. I've read uh, abuse among uh, guys toward women, physical abuse, men beating their wives. I mean, it's way up, okay? I've read, uh, in fact, I took down, I went, looked at, I don't know, my, probably a dozen different uh, online newspapers and so forth as I researched that, and my heart just broke within me. And we need to pray for those people who are being abused right now, that, they, that they'd be rescued, that they, would tr- that, that they would seek out, they'd seek the Lord and that he would deliver them. And we need to pray for those who are doing the abuse, that they'd be rebuked mightily by the hand of God and they repent and come to him before it's too late. Father God, we come into your presence. We pray right now in your son's name that you would shake up any kind of abuse that's going on, Father. We pray, Father, whether it's hundreds of thousands, whatever the number is, of men who are abusing their wives and in some cases wives abusing their husbands. We pray in Jesus' name, Father, that you'd rebuke them and that they'd be humbled before you, Father. We pray that you'd protect the women, Father, and in some cases even men, Father, who are being abused, Father. We pray for the women, Lord. We pray in your son's name that you would uh, draw them close to you because they're in such dire straits, Lord. It's not like they can just leave their house and go anywhere, Father, because uh, of the situation that they're in, Father. They have nowhere to go in a lot of cases, Lord, because of this lockdown. And we just pray in your son's name that they cry out to you and know they can go to you and that you could bring deliverance, Lord. And we pray, Father, in your son's name, that you'd also give them friends that they could contact, loved ones, believers somehow to reach out to them or that they could reach out to father the churches the leaders in your son's name that you'd rescue them father in jesus name we pray amen you know uh we have to be careful because we rely as christians because the church has become you know so into technology and we use a lot of it here. We have, by the grace of God, we've used social media. We use the technology. We use live streaming right now. We couldn't really reach a lot of people. We're able to reach thousands that are able to hear the messages through live streaming. And it's such a wonderful thing. But what happens is we can start relying on the technology instead of relying on the Lord God. Amen? So we have to be careful not to rely on the technology and act like, wow, we're doing church. We're walking with God because we're talking about the Bible. We're talking about Jesus. And we have technology to spread the news. Man, I'll tell you what. If we don't cry out to the Lord and seek him, we're empty. Paul says without love, we're nothing. Amen? And if we're not praying and crying out to God and emptying ourselves of ourselves, how can we fill with the Holy Spirit? You don't want to be filled with yourself. You want to say, God, use me. Here am I. Send me. Use me to your glory. Fill me with your spirit and speak to to me and speak through me because God wants our hearts to be humble before him. He resists the proud, it says, but he gives grace to the humble. Some of my favorite scriptures along these lines, and let this speak to your heart. Deep calling deep. May God call the deep part of your heart. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. That's the sacrifice God desires, a broken spirit. Jesus started the most famous sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. 
In Matthew chapter 5, the very first words, blessed, happy, full, satisfied, are the poor in spirit. That's those who didn't come to God pompously. I deserve this. Why don't you give me that? You know, look at me. I'm something special. No, you come to God spiritually bankrupt, broken, without any God. Have mercy on me. All I, can, all I have is sin. The Bible says, what do we have but that which we received from him? It's all by his grace. And you recognize the only thing you can take credit for, I can take credit for, is my sin. So I have to call and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Forgive my sin. And come with a broken heart. The Lord is nearer to the brokenhearted. He saves the contrite in spirit. Amen. Have a broken heart. Have a contrite spirit. Be a person that's full of contrition and recognizes that we've broken the holy law of God. That we've flung the, the arrows of sin and blasphemy and uh, just hatred and whatever else into God's heart through the years when we didn't know him. Even since we've known him, we've flung arrows into his heart and we say, Lord, have mercy on me in your goodness, in your kindness, in your grace. Isaiah 57, 15 says, for thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in a high and holy place. Amen, you do, Lord. And with the oppressed and humble of spirit. Wow. To restore the spirit of the lowly. Wow. And revive the heart of the contrite. Wow. He's close to those. He's near to those who are of a humble and contrite heart. Joel chapter 2 verse 13. So rend, rip your hearts and not your garments and return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in loving devotion or kindness and he relents from sending disaster. He relents from sending disaster. Say, God, have mercy. Rip your heart. They were ripping their clothes. It became a tradition. I mean, ripping your clothes was a sign of ripping your heart. It was like, God, this is how I feel inside. I'm, I'm ripping my clothes before you. I'm, these are clothes that I depend on. I'm ripping them because I, I'm letting you know that you matter. You're all that ultimately matters. But guess what? It became almost like a ritual where people would just do it. You know, it became kind of a phony thing where people just did it to say, hey, I'm getting close to God. God says, no, he wants you to rip your heart. He wants you to take your heart and say, God, have mercy on me, you know. Help me not to have a hard heart, a stiff neck. Amen. Because we need to make sure hearts are right with God. Because he will not hear our prayers if we have hard hearts and we refuse to repent. If we regard iniquity or sin in our hearts, it says, Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. Okay. If we refuse to repent... Isaiah 59, 2 says, But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. So if you're in rebellion to him and doing something wicked and you refuse to repent, but you're like, I can have a walk with God here, and I can pretend I have a walk with God, but I can refuse to repent of sin. I don't care who you are, you're deceiving yourself. The Bible says a double-minded man will receive nothing from the Lord. You're being a hypocrite. You need to repent and turn from the wickedness. Amen. You know, wash your hands, the Bible says, you sinners. Amen. James chapter 4. Weep and howl. Let your laughter return in the morning. Cry out to God and say, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. So it's imperative that we make sure that our hearts are right with God and that we're obedient in our hearts. The Bible talks about the obedience in the book of Romans, the obedience of faith. Remember King Saul? King Saul was called to overcome the wicked, a wicked enemy. Guess what? He was told not to take the plunder. He took plunder in disobedience to God because he wanted to do it his way. And he wasn't obedient. And he was like, well, I was going to sacrifice rams to God. And you know what? Samuel the prophet, 
in chapter 15 of 1 Samuel, verse 22, confronted him. And we read this, but Samuel declared, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So before you bring your sacrifices to the altar, make sure your heart's obedient or he won't hear. Arrogance. God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. James 4, 6, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. I just saw recently, this Monday a few days ago, a couple days back, Andrew Cuomo. Arrogant, proud governor from New York. Instead of going before them and saying, hey, I failed. I didn't lock down this city as soon as I should have, you know. And, uh, you know, I was encouraging the public to still hang out with one another and spreading the disease. But you know what? I didn't really act on the best information I had at first. And I thought we'd be okay. Instead, guess what? He's acting like he's healed the, healing the country or healing the state, you know. Even though he was late in it, late on it. And I'm not condemning him. But if you're going to say... If you're going to give the middle finger to God, I'm going to say, hey, dude, you, you don't even realize you don't even exist but by God's grace. Because Cuomo said Monday when COVID-19 was plateauing in the state, you know, he said, God did not do that. God didn't make it plateau, okay? He talked about how it was social distancing that's done this, you know, and, and on. Then later on Tuesday, he says again, God did not stop the spread of this, the virus. Oh, they have something against God. It's interesting. He talked about it was human behavior that stopped it. It's not even stopped yet. Be careful what you're saying. You know, he also said the number is down because we brought the number down. Sound familiar? Sounds like Nebuchadnezzar. Look at Babylon that I have built before he fell on the ground like an animal for seven years. God did not do that. He goes on to say fate did not do that. Destiny did not do that. You can make the point that Human behavior has a place when it comes to uh, transmitting disease and so forth without blaspheming God, without condemning God day after day. This guy's in huge trouble. This guy's in really big trouble. I mean, I think of the uh, King Agrippa in Acts chapter 12. He gives a speech and the people were saying, this is the speech not of, man, not of a man, but of God. Instead of humbling himself and saying, no, give God the glory, you know? Because the apostles, that happened to that, them, you know, Paul happened to before, uh, tore his clothes. In that case, that was genuinely tore his clothes, saying, no, we're mere men. You know, don't, don't worship us. But guess what? King Agrippa soaked it up, yes. Kind of like Cuomo, you know? It's all about what I'm doing and I'm telling you to do. And guess what, man? He was smitten by God and put to death right then, man. He was killed. Nevertheless, I mention this because I'm going to be honest with you. I'm called to, we're called to pray for our leaders. We need to do that as well. I'm called to pray for our leaders. And it's harder for me to pray for a guy like that. I'm just being honest with you. It's like right when I start to pray for him, it's like part of it's hard because he has such an anger toward God. So my prayer has to be, Lord, give him a change of heart because I need to have compassion on him because he is doomed. He has a special place under the judgment of God as a leader who's mocking God publicly. And he can couch the mocking in whatever way he wants. He doesn't have to say what he's saying. There's 49 or whatever other governors or so, right? Not saying those things, right? So it's quite, quite, quite amazing. But you know what? We're called to, 
in 1 Timothy. We're commanded to in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Listen to this. Commanded, you and I. First of all then, I urge you that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings and for all who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of our God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. God wants this guy to come to him and be saved. Now, God knows when someone's heart is so hard that they'll never turn, and he can put them to death whenever he wants. But I'm praying that he has life, that God gives him repentance before it's too late. Because Jesus died for him. He was made in God's image. If he hardens his heart and he becomes more and more wicked, well, that's a wicked man going ultimately to the lake of fire. But you know what? Psalm 2 says this of kings. This is about Jesus in Psalm 2 and about how they ought to recognize him for who he is. Because Cuomo needs to recognize that he only got up today because God allowed him to get up. Amen? He's only still, his heart's only beating right now because God gave him a heart to beat and continues to allow it to beat. Amen? Cuomo is only going to wake up tomorrow if God allows him to wake up tomorrow. How arrogant to think that we are our own creators or that we are self-existent by our own power. It's so ridiculous. We exist by God's power and for his glory. He needs to give God glory. Psalm chapter 2 says, Now therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Cuomo should be trembling before him. President Trump should be trembling before the Lord God. And rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son. Do homage to the Son. Glorify him. Worship him that he not become angry and you perish in the way for his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are those who take refuge in him. Father, we pray right now for our leaders. We pray for President Trump. We pray, Father, for all the governors. We pray for the mayors, Lord. We pray for the, the prime ministers, the kings, the presidents throughout the earth that they would fear you, that they would love you, that they would see your mighty hand as a creator of the universe, and they'd recognize that they only exist for, as vapors for a short time, and that they would get right with you. But they would fear you, and they would do what's right before you. they do what's just. they do what's merciful, and that they would legislate righteousness and goodness and justice rather than wickedness. Bring them to repentance, Lord, and give them wisdom on how to handle this disease that has so terrified the nations and the leaders, Father. May they bow before you and recognize that they ought to be far more terrified of the living God. For your word says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, Father, for you are a consuming fire. In the name of Jesus, we pray that they would bow down, as it says in the scripture, and kiss the Son and give him glory before it's too late. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, uh, I had a heavy heart today. I had a different message I was going to preach today. And I was on the phone with some different people and a lot of weeping today, a lot of it. Uh, I was on the phone with Lenny and uh, that wasn't a weepy time because Lenny, it was tearful before I got on the phone with him the last couple days or so because uh, Lenny, uh, I felt bad because he felt like I asked him to step down, but I asked him a, a couple weeks ago, I said, because Lenny's, you know, uh, been around here from the beginning. He's one of the most blessed servants we've ever had at Blessed Hope Chapel. He's an amazing, amazing guy, you know. He's a rock. He blows me away through all the years. He's just been by our side. But, you know, he's getting older. He's getting up there, you know. And he has a heart condition where he needs heart surgery, you know. And he also had cancer, esophagus cancer, that he was still battling. And now they've just checked him out. No more cancer, thank God. I said, Lenny, it's great that you're here, but you, 
bro, you, you, please don't come back until this thing's over. Not us to step down, just waiting till this COVID thing, 19 goes. Because the last thing I want to see is a, a brother in the Lord that, any brother in the Lord, but, you know, see Lenny die because we have him here with just the six or seven people. So he's a blessed servant, but his heart so yearned to still serve. That's the kind of guy Lenny is, just mind-blowing. But I talked to him, but they couldn't give him the heart surgery because of other conditions that he has. Even though they said there was, and there was some bleeding in his esophagus, they looked at it, they, they said, praise God, the cancer's gone, but they can't give the heart surgery and he's been getting dizzy and stuff. So please pray for Lenny, that's a concern. But I called him today and he was in the hospital and he, he said that he's getting out today, so I assume he's out right now. And Lenny, if you're watching right now, we love you, bro. And of course, you have not lost your position. It is here for you, for sure. Uh, now, also, uh, pray for Annie. She had the hip surgery and was locked down or the, kind of like the back, not really the hip, but kind of gnarly back surgery, which extended through her leg, a lot of pain and everything, and keep her in prayer, confusing her condition with my wife's mother, which is her hip, but it's Annie's back, and she's doing better, you know, but uh, keep her in prayer. A lot of the tears were when I talked to Lola, and before I talked to Lola, I talked to Chuck, and many of you know Lola is, and Chuck, two of our worship leaders, and uh, they love the Lord, and when they pray and seek the Lord and lead us in worship, they lead you because they love the Lord so much into God's throne room so easily. It's so easy for people just to seek God. And uh, you just see her angelic-type songs. The way she sings is just so beautiful, and same with Chuck. And, and uh, we need to keep them in prayer because she was cancer-free from what they could tell. And then she went in a few weeks back, and they had an, she had an infection. And uh, they tried to deal with the infection, but because her immune system, we're not sure exactly why, was probably trying to deal with that infection, the cancer had spread. So her cancer has spread throughout her liver again. And now it's at the point where they can't give her chemotherapy because uh, it could kill her. Yet the cancer's spreading. So we need a miracle from God, you know. And my heart broke for Chuck, and we prayed together. We talked about how, you know, to trust the Lord no matter what happens, you know, if the Lord desires to take her home soon, and he wants her worship around his throne. He never makes a mistake. He never says, oops, he's on the throne. He is perfect. And we talked about his character, and uh, Chuck understands God's character. He's a mature brother, and so does Lola. I had a very similar talk with Lola and uh and my prayer is that I don't ball up here, you know. And, uh, but both of us, Chuck and I had a lot of heavy crying. I tried to maintain a bit better for Lola and uh, lost it a little bit. But she is a beautiful sister in the Lord. Chuck's a wonderful man in the Lord. And uh, what breaks my heart, one of the things that breaks my heart for Chuck, is if we're hurting this much, my wife and I were bawling together, holding each other, praying for them, I couldn't imagine. I said to my wife, man, how much Chuck must be hurting, you know. Because uh, she's a great gal, and uh, she's got beautiful kids, and, and uh, she'd love to see her daughter get married, all that, you know, and uh, she may be going soon. So we're praying that God will do another miracle, because he did one already. I reminded, I go, keep in mind, you know, he gave you a miracle already once last year, you know. He could do that again, and if he just had you here for another year, He's still good because he's going to bring you into his presence, which the scriptures say, Paul said, he was torn between two desires. One was to stay here, you know, and bear more fruit. 
Philippians chapter 1. And the other was to go and be with the Lord, which I told Lola, he didn't just say it's better. And he didn't just say it's much better, but he says very much better. In the Greek, it's even more powerful. So if the Lord takes her, he takes her. But my prayer has been, I know it's Chuck and Lola's too, is that God would give her a complete healing again and totally complete and uh, that she'd be here with us in the future. But not our will, but the Lord's will ultimately be done. Amen? Because he knows what's best. So uh, let's bow our hearts uh, and pray for Lola right now and pray for everybody else. And there's a lot of you going through things. Family members are going through things that we don't know about in our live stream family, you know. All kinds of people in the church are going through different things, you know. Praying for James as well, who's taking Lenny's place as well. And uh, he has a condition that we're concerned about as well. And he may be in for a liver transplant. They're looking at it right now. So uh, the Lord knows all the different needs, so I won't lift them all up by name because there's all kinds of you going through things just... Throw what you're going through or your family's going through or a loved one that you know is going through or somebody that you've read about that you've been hurting for, something they're going through. Let's just lift all these things up before the Lord. Just pray with me. Father God, we come before you and we seek your face and we're trying to make do, Father, the best we can with the situation that we're in. And we just link hearts, Lord, and we link shields, Lord, as partners in the faith, Father, as a living body, Father, your word says, Jesus said, he called, the, he called the temple a house of prayer, Lord. And Father, now we're the temple. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and we're to be a house of prayer. And we link together as different living stones as a house of prayer, and we bring Lola before you, Father. We bring her before your throne, Father. We thank you for making her. She, we thank you for blessing us with her. We thank you for blessing Chuck with her and her beautiful children. And we pray, Father, in your son's glorious name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we cry out. And we just pray, Father, for mercy. That you would, by your Holy Spirit, touch her, Father. That you would speak to her. That she would sense your presence in a special way. Father, my heart breaks. I know the hearts of others must break because Chuck can't even be with her. They won't even let him go in the room with a hazmat suit, Lord. How that must tear his heart. Comfort Chuck at this time. Be with him. Comfort his children, Lord. Comfort Lola, Father, with the peace that passes human understanding. May the kabod, the, 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 the thickness, the, the, the power of your Holy Spirit rest upon her, Father. And Father, we pray that you gently just hold her in your arms and we pray that you extend your hand and heal her, Father. In Jesus' name, to your eternal glory, Father. We pray for that. We've seen you do it before, Lord. And if you're to take her, Lord, because you're saying, hey, I want her with me, I pray that you give her family and all of her brothers and sisters peace and Lola peace, Father, most of all. And we pray, Father, for all those who are sick amongst us and those who are going through various trials and those who are hurting, those who are going through strange fire, those who are going through whatever they're going through, Father, that all of our hearts would be right with you and that you'd bring healing, Father, that your Holy Spirit would come upon us in power. Give us wisdom, Father, that we might meet the trials that are before us. Keep us free from sickness. We pray, Father, for those who have lost 
jobs, businesses, careers seem dead. They've gone down the toilet, Lord. We pray that they would trust you, that you would meet all of our needs, which you promised to do according to your riches and glory, and that you'd help us to know that you work all things together for those who love you and are the call according to your purpose, and that you're going to make all things beautiful in your time, Father. May we not cease to trust you. May we not cease to pray to you. May we not cease to seek you. May we press in now and forevermore like we've never done before in the name of Jesus Christ our awesome Lord, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the Almighty God. Father, we praise you, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I want to encourage you guys to keep praying. Don't stop. We don't just stop and then say, oh, we pray next time there's a church service. No, you are the church. We just, wherever you go, the church goes. Amen. You continue to seek him, continue to pray to him. Maybe this would be a good time to develop your prayer life, to get a, get a open up, uh, take a little booklet or journal or blank paper and start writing down people's names so you can be more disciplined with your prayers. Maybe the Lord wants you to do that, you know. I like to pray the scripture sometimes and open the scripture and read it and then pray that God would help me. And when I come to an imperative, a command, pray the Lord would do that in my life. And when I'm reading a story, Lord, speak to me through this, you know. And so commune with the Lord through his word. Let him speak to you through his word and then cry out to him. And then he can speak to you by his spirit, whereby we understand the word. Pray to see Jesus more. Jesus said, the volume of the book is written of me. He says, Moses spoke about me. He opened the scriptures, the Psalms, the law, the prophets, and he showed them himself in those books on the road to Emmaus. Stay in love with Jesus. Press in. You've been given his book, his word, his love letter, which is also a picture book of all these pictures of his wonderful love for us. Stay close to him, okay? And take a stand on his truth. And don't be led astray by the wicked voices of evil spirits that are animated through the world system who want to lead us away from the light into darkness. Stick with the light. Stick with Jesus and go forward in him. Amen? So I encourage you. You know what? Usually I don't stop for three more minutes or so. So I want to encourage each of you, if you're in a small little group with a few people in the family or whatever, or you're just by yourself, praise God. Let your prayer requests be known. If you've got the computer in front of you or in your live stream, and start praying for one another, encourage each other, lifting each other up, amen? If you're without, not at the computer, you're not putting messages in, that's fine. Go before the Lord and go into his throne room and just talk to him, amen? Spend the next few minutes in prayer. Love you guys. Press on in Jesus. See you Sunday. I've got a special message for you. God bless you.